What's up, everybody? Welcome back, Championship Leadership Podcast, and uh, we have a we have a two time guest. We've had a number of those come back for a second time today, so I'm excited to introduce you uh, to our guest today, and and for you to uh, to hear from him again. If you if you've heard the first episode that we did, uh, probably about a year ago this time. So before we get into too much of that, if you could get to iTunes and you could give us a, a written review and a five star rating, that would absolutely help us to continue to promote this podcast and get it out to more people uh, so that they can hear some of the incredible stories and messages from all of the incredible guests that we have. For more information on everything that I'm up to, you can go to natebailey.org and uh, you can check out all the other podcast episodes that we have. You can find out more about uh, my world-class events that I have, a SEAL 24, 24-hour leadership experience along with Unleash the Leader Within our three-day world-class leadership and business experience that we have as well. So. Today's guest, Aaron Walker from just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And today we came back and, and really wanted to hone in on significance and a conversation around that, what it looks like to live a life of significance, especially for entrepreneurs and business owners and, and people that are leading and inspiring other people around the world. Significance is extremely important in continuing to keep us on the path that, that we are currently on, that we want to to continue to go down. So um, Aaron has an incredible story. You can find out more about what he's up to and what he's doing. He's an incredible man and, uh, and up to big things and, and makes an impact and a difference inside of this world for sure. So go to view from the top to uh, find out more about Aaron and, and everything that he has going on in his world. So with that, I want to introduce you to the one and only the amazing big A Aaron Walker. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, Championship Leadership Podcast. And we got a we got a second timer here to the Championship Leadership Podcast. Aaron Walker, thank you so much for being here. Hey, Nate, thank you, buddy. I appreciate being invited one time, much less twice. So thank yeah, I know you. it. I know it. Yeah, and uh, not everybody gets a second invite, so you should feel special. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. I'll try not to disappoint. No, I know you won't. I know you won't, and uh, I appreciate you coming on a second time. Um, 
Well, this time will be a little bit different. I typically ask people the first time around what was championship leadership to them, but we've covered that on the first first episode with you. Um, we connected again here recently, and, and we we're talking, and, and uh, you, you mentioned that you often like to have a conversation around significance and what that, how that plays a part in all of our lives. And I believe, you know, especially when you talk about leadership and people that want to impact others' lives, um, significance plays a big part in that. So um, maybe we could kick it off and you could kind of talk a little bit more about how that became a topic that you, that you have focused on in other um, speaking engagements and podcast episodes that you've been on and why it's so important to you. Yeah, I appreciate that, Nate. Just to give a little background for those that may have missed the first episode, let me just set the stage, if I could, just a little Please. bit more, even important to me. I started out early here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, my first business I started when I was 18. I came from a very poor family, and so making something of myself was really important to me. And so I started out working really, really hard, probably more hours than I should. And uh, we were pretty successful early on. Robin and I got married two weeks out of high school, and then we decided to delay gratification for all the money back into the business. And we did that for nine years. I took an $18,000 salary and we had two little girls at the time. And it was difficult, quite honestly. But I was able to sell out later to a Fortune 500 and I was able to capitalize on that delayed gratification. Well, I took about 18 months off and then we went back and bought the company I started with when I was a teenager. And we grew that business four times the size it was over about a nine year period. So things were good for us. And I say some of these things with the great amount of humility. I don't say it boastfully, but you know, we had the stuff. I mean, we had the nice car and the big house on the hill and the thousand foot concrete driveway with all the trees and at a vacation home and a place on the beach. And I'm not saying that to boast in any way, I'm getting to a point, but so we had all these tangible possessions and quite honestly, it didn't really scratch the itch like I thought it was going to. I thought, man, if I can just get another location, just get that vacation home, you know, get that place in the mountains, then my life is gonna be really good. And then if I can get that 300 turbo diesel, you know, it's going to be really good then. And then you get it and you go, man, this is nice. But the newness wears off pretty quick. And so I don't want to downplay being successful because I want to be successful today. And I think that your audience does as well. But August the 1st, 2001 was 20 years ago now. I was headed to the office and I had left our church. We met on Wednesday mornings at our church and I'd left our church and I was headed uh, to the office, and it was about 7.30, 7.35, something like that. And there was a guy crossing the street ahead of me, and he didn't look my way. And I ran over and killed a pedestrian that morning. Well, my life, like, stopped, like, literally stopped, come to a screeching halt, and, like, pulled over to the side of the road, and I was like, God, what just happened? I mean, like, like, I don't know, Nate, if you've ever been involved in a bad accident or had something really, really significant happened to you in a bad way, but everything slowed down to slow motion, like at a, at a snail's pace. And I'm like trying to figure out what just happened. And I didn't want to turn around and look, but I knew I had to turn around and look. So I turned around and looked and there was this guy laying face down in the street. 
and uh, cars were stopping. There was a four-lane highway. There was a median, like a road you turn on, like a turning lane, not a median. But this guy was laying just off to the edge of that. And uh, I got out of the car and I grabbed my cell phone. And they, I was, I don't want to make this over dramatic, but I was shaking so hard I couldn't dial 911. I mean, I couldn't get my hand to dial 911. Finally, I got my composure. I put my palms together and put my phone in the center of my palms to hold my fingers stationary enough to dial 911. And finally, and they came and uh, and when they did, there was ambulances and fire trucks and paramedics and police cars. They were coming from everywhere because I told them what had just happened. A pedestrian had been run over. And so I walked over and people were jumping out of their cars. They had stopped both lanes of traffic and everybody was around this guy. He was crossing the street to catch a bus. The bus had stopped in the middle of the road. It wasn't even at a bus stop. And so I went over to the guy and he was face down and I could tell he was an older gentleman. I couldn't tell how old. Uh, Later found out he was 77 and his name was Enrique. And he was from the Philippines originally. He'd lived here in the States for probably 30, 40 years. And so uh, I asked the paramedic, is he going to be okay? And they said, well, he's got severe head trauma. And it's where my mirror had hit him in the head. The front left quarter panel had hit him, spun him around, hit his head on the the, uh, driver's side mirror, spun him around again, and his head hit the left rear quarter panel a second time and threw him face down. Well, I was driving a big Lincoln Navigator, big SUV. Mm-hmm. I was doing probably 45, 50 miles an hour. And uh, he just didn't see me. He just ran out in front of me to catch this bus. Well, we learned later that he couldn't see good. Mm-hmm. And so his family had warned him over and over not to travel alone. They said, someday, you know, you're going to jump out in front of somebody. And sure enough, I, I drew the straw. But the reason I'm telling you the story was is that uh, that that day uh, when they took him off, they put me in the back of the patrol car, the police car, and they asked me a number of questions. And they said, we've asked other people that I witnessed it. You weren't doing anything wrong. The bus driver said that you had slowed down. and He ran out in front of me. So I wasn't guilty of anything. But the truth is, I still ran over him. So uh, I went to work and I couldn't work. I went, I went over to work and I couldn't work. So I went home and a couple of weeks later, went back to the office and I was under a lot of stress and I was at the office and somebody had walked up to the counter and I went off on them. And that's not my demeanor. And my partner came to me and he said, Big A, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not okay. We need to talk. So by this time, Robin and I had talked at length about it, and uh, I decided that I was going to retire. I was 40 years old at the time. I'd already retired once when I was 27. I'd been working, chasing money, making more money, you know, and I've been chasing money since I was 13 years old. And I said, I'm going to retire. I'm done. So I did. I sold the business and I retired and I took five years off. I didn't do anything for five years. And here's what I discovered. Now, I set the stage so you could understand the position I was in. Yeah. I know I'm being long-winded here, but it's going to take a minute. But mm-hmm. forget, the audience is listening, forgive me. But And so what I discovered through that process and taking five years off, really evaluating myself, I had to go to counselors and people that could help me kind of unpack this. What I learned was is that I had had a great measure of success and no significance. Mm. And when I started thinking through that, I said, uh, 
wow, I feel pretty guilty about that. I feel guilty that all of my focus has really been on mine and Robin's success financially. And I thought, what would my legacy be? And my legacy would have been poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, makes enough money to retire at age 27 and nobody cares. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's not what I want my legacy to be. I want Nate's life to be better as a result of having known me. Yeah. So I really reoriented my focus. And I said, what I'm going to do, God, if you'll give me another chance, is I'm going to focus outward. And I'm going to really focus on Nate and other people that I come in contact with and say, how can I help you accomplish your goal? What can I do to be an advocate? What can I do to be an asset? Now, listen, I struggle with this and it's challenging because we all want to make money and we all want to get ahead. We all want to have a name for ourselves. But I said, I'm only going to be remembered by the way I make people feel, not by what I had. And so we've just gone on this quest now for two decades to help other people accomplish their goals. And here's the cool part. The cool part is, is that we're twice as successful financially as we've ever been. And I'm 100x times more significantly encouraged by the benefit of others and not just for myself. And so that's the reason I wanted to kind of break this down today and maybe help your audience to reevaluate themselves to see if they have a level of significance or if their total focus is on finances. Yeah, um, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing that personal story to set the stage as well for this. But uh, so as I listened to that, if I was, I guess in a way, if I was going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate here for a second, I would say, it's easy for you with all the financial successes that you had to be able to, to, to go and say, I'm just going to pour into people, create value and, and, and be outward focused because you don't have the pressures of worrying about the financial piece. Whereas someone that's not in that space might have that thought of easy for you to say, but I have a feeling uh, you're going to sprinkle some, some wisdom on us that might show a different perspective than that. I was talking to Mike Michalowicz recently. Some of you know who he is. He's written a number of books. Profit First was a really good book that uh, I really enjoyed. His other books are great books as well. But he called me recently and he said, hey, Big A, he said, I want to interview you for a new book I'm writing. And uh, can we take a few minutes? So he did. He interviewed me and I told him that story. And he said that all the people that he had interviewed, what he found out was, is that it took some major radical happening in their life to get them to reorient their focus. Mm-hmm. And the quest that I'm trying to go on is we're intellectual beings. I mean, there's no reason that it has to be that way. We can make a choice. We could be elective in our choice and say, Hey, I'm listening to people that have been down the road before me, some people that have got wisdom, some people. And there again, I say these things with the greatest amount of humility, but we've owned 14 businesses over the course of 42 years. And so we do have a little bit of business background to us. And so I can honestly say through all of those events in my life from an entrepreneurial perspective, nobody ever really cares what you have. No, nobody really cares the measure of success that you've been able to acquire. All that they really care about is how your life is going to impact them, right? Mm-hmm. And that sounds yeah. a little bit cold, but, but the truth is, is for the most part, yeah. that's the way it is. And what I have found out is, is that people want to be around you when you're 
influential. People want to be around you when you can help them. People want to be around you when you're giving advice. They want to be around you when you're sharing your cards. They don't want to be around you when everything is holding the secret sauce close to your chest. I never connect you with any of the people in my sphere of influence. I never make the introduction for you to get a greater resource. I never See, it's nobody wants to be around that. And see what I've discovered over the course of these 20 years now since I've discovered this is the success compounds. See, the more I share, the more I teach, uh, the more greater the influence I can have, the greater the impact, the more people want to be around you. So we make it a process to be a connector. I'm very intentional about connecting people. The natural reciprocity out of that is that now they want to connect me with somebody. Mm -hmm. It gives a greater opportunity to meet more people, greater opportunity for more success and significance. Right? You see how it works? It's when your focus is outward. So, yes, when I was in my 20s and 30s, you wouldn't have even had me on your show. I was very arrogant. I was very condescending. Uh, I was a poor kid from Nashville that had made something out of myself financially. And I began to believe my own press release, right? I was, yeah. yeah. And so nobody wants to be around that at the end of the day. So all I'm trying to do is take some of my experience over the years and share it with you now for you to evaluate your own personal life and go, whose life? Listen, I'm not saying not be successful. Like, I love to grow my business. I mean, today we have 20 masterminds. And this year, it looks like we're on track to double Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind. Well, I want to do good. You know why I want to do good? Because when I have resources, I can help more people. Yeah, yes, it's right. good for me, and I enjoy that. And I, I hate it when people with money go, money's not important. I want to go, let's take it away from you and see how important it is. Right. It's very yeah. important. Just don't make it your main focus. Yeah. So in the conversation around significance, how would how would someone find significance? That's a question that... Uh, that I think comes up a lot. It might not be expressed in terms of significance, maybe more so like purpose or fulfill something that fulfills them, right? I I think those are words that are also used. But um, I think that's something that people struggle with, trying to find that. How do they find it? Well, I think the purpose and significance are two different things, obviously. Uh, My purpose in life is to help ordinary people become extraordinary in all they do. That's my purpose. Uh, the significance for me is to how you can live a gratifying life, be very successful financially, yet be significant in the lives of others. When I think of significance, I'm not thinking for your benefit. I'm thinking for the other person's benefit, right? Mm-hmm. That's significance. The way that you can find the significance is to think through what gives you energy. So I'm Christian by faith, and so I really work through living the principles that God has bestowed upon me. I really work out of an overflow. And I think, what is it that gives me energy? What would I do for free? What is it that I do and I can't wait to do each and every day? My spiritual giftedness is encouragement. And it doesn't take a lot for me to work up to encourage you because I want you to do good, right? It's always been my spiritual giftedness is encouragement. So I think about significance like I love to help other people obtain their goals. We do a process called Come As You Will Be in 2023 in our mastermind groups. And there's five key components to our life. And we help you develop a strategy by which you operate 
using the 12-week year Brian Moran strategy, how you focus on the task every single day. And then the goal naturally takes care of itself. And so we help you understand that process. We implement a Mike McCallum strategy, profit first. You got to pay yourself first, right? You're the person that you need to make some money. We help you understand that. So you can be significant in the lives of other people. It's kind of like the airplane. You put the mask on yourself first, then your children, right? You've got to get yourself in a really good place personally. Uh, Lee Cockrell, I interviewed him recently. Lee was the VP of operations over Disney. And I've interviewed Lee a number of times, and he's a great guy. He's 83 years old now, I believe. But he said that he still wears the same clothes, not literally the same clothes, but the same size. Yeah. He graduated from high school because he said, I've got to take care of myself first. He said, I had 20,000 employees. We had five resorts and six golf courses that he was overseeing. He said, how can I take care of all these people if I don't take care of myself? So he works out seven days a week. He really pays attention to the way he eats. It's the same way in our business, right? Get yourself in a really good position, really focus outwardly and help the other people. 70% of your time should be to take care of yourself. 30% of your time should be looking outward to take care of others. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, definitely. If you're going to go and take care of others, it's like if you're going to go and lead others, you got to be able to take care of yourself first, lead yourself first, right? Yeah, and we can only do that because of the gratification that you get out of doing that. Like, you know, and we won't get off statistics here, statistical, but your income, they notice a measurable difference until your income gets to $70,000 a year. After $70,000 a year, most people's basic needs are met. Mm -hmm. After that, it's almost infinitesimal. The, the measurement that they can calculate of your happiness meter, if you had one, it's like good for a while, but it's like then we chase the shiny object syndrome. We go to the next thing because we think that it's going to make it or do it for us, and it doesn't. Yeah. And there again, I'm not saying let off the throttle. I'm just right. saying that, right, focus on the right thing is what I'm saying. Yeah. So how did you, um, you know, coming, you retired again for a second time at 40 and, and took five years and, and uh, Sounds like you did a lot of inner work and and didn't do much is inside of the business world. But what uh, when you made that decision, all right, it's time to get back in the game and to to have this outward focus. Wh where did you go from there? Yeah, two things happened. First of all, I mentioned earlier that Robin and I have been married forty years, uh, be forty one years coming June. And uh, Robin's been my biggest advocate. She's been the biggest supporter. We were both very poor, came from very poor families. And so she's always been there to support me, but she'll also call me out. And so uh, when I retired at 40 for the second time, I gained 50 pounds. I was getting in the bed in the middle of the day. And she came one day and she woke me up and she said, this is not what I signed up for. Like you did this at 27. And I encouraged you then to get back to work. And I'm encouraging you again. Like you've got a lot of skills and you need to get out of the bed and you need to get yourself back in shape and you need to pick yourself up and you need to move on. Like she literally grabbed my shoulders and she looked at me. She said, it's time you were getting back in the game. So, you know, thereabouts is the time also uh, been in a mastermind group for about 12 years with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and some of those guys. Some of you may have heard of them. Maybe you haven't, but they were really walking hand in hand to help 
me overcome these obstacles and see the things that I really needed to do. And to pick myself back up, they said, you've owned a bunch of businesses. You and Robin had a very successful marriage. You can help encourage and train and teach other people. And so I went in the construction business. I had a new home built during that five-year period and fell in love with the construction process. And I handled the marketing, the sales, and the uh, other partner handled the on-site and the actual construction. And we took that business to number one, three consecutive years here in Middle Tennessee. And then I turned 50 10 years ago and I said, I'm done again. And Robin goes, you've retired more than the law allows. <laughs> and then uh, when I went uh, to my mastermind group, Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller again, you know, said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm going to go down to St. John in the Caribbean and I'm going to buy one of those little tiki huts and I'm going to rock myself into an oblivion. And Dan Miller said, that's the most selfish thing you've ever said. Uh, I said, here we go again, man. Can you not get off my back? And he said, you need to help train other people. So God's just gifted you with the ability to be able to build successful companies and you need to train other people. So here we are today, you know, Nate, we're uh, 20 groups in the mastermind. Uh, we're in about eight or nine different countries now, you know, members participating uh, and we want to grow it continually. And you're like, man, don't you have enough? You know, I think God designed us to grow. Yeah. I think that it's just in me to be the creator developer, not a maintainer manager. Mm -hmm. And I want to continue to grow. But I want my focus to be on like, you know, helping, encouraging. We have a great team. We have a small team. There's 10 or 12 on our team. But I've really got through exercises, finding out what it is that they want. I just did an exercise where I had them to submit to me 30 things that they want to own personally, 30 things that they want to do and 30 things that they want to accomplish before they die. And they sent me this so I can better understand our team, so I can help them get what they want. And I wrote a document years ago. You can go to my website, youfromthetop.com, and download it. It's called, What Do I Want? And the truth is, Nate, most people don't know what they want. Yeah. They just know they want bigger and shinier and faster. But if you really do the work and you really do the introspection and you really think through what it is that you're trying to accomplish, you can establish goals to get you where you want to go because you're hyper-focused. You get people around you to hold you accountable, to ask you those questions on a weekly basis, and you can accomplish your goals, right? It's just understanding what it is that you want. And if you don't believe me, go out, those that are listening to me, and ask your spouse and ask your colleagues and peers, what is it in life you really want in these five key component areas? And most of them are like, I really don't know. Yeah. I just really want more. Yeah. Well, what is it that you want yet that hasn't been achieved or attained here um, before it's all said and done? What are yeah, really what I want to do is see my grandchildren grow up to be very productive uh, adults. I have grandchildren from five years old to 18. Can't believe I've got a granddaughter that's about to start college. That's but amazing. I want to see them adopt these concepts that I'm teaching. Uh, we really want to grow a business that outlives me. I don't want it to be necessarily focused on my personality or my resourcefulness, but based on the systems and the processes that we put in place, something that can outlive me. And so now it's not just about the grind and churning it to get a few more dollars, but it's about how can we build something that can outlive me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, as we start to wrap this up, what what are... What would be some final thoughts on significance for these 
listeners that are out there going through some extremely challenging times in 2020 and continuing into 2021 and challenging times and will will never uh, be be gone. And it's not the point to to avoid those completely part of our journey in our life. But entrepreneurs, business owners, as you know, it's 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 a high stress uh, life that we take on ourselves because we have that vision in mind of what we want to do and what we want to accomplish. So yeah, any final thoughts on um, significant yeah. for them? Great question. And I would just encourage you to trust me a little bit and try this is that it is difficult right now. We've just gone through one of the toughest years, you know, ever with the pandemic. And what I'm encouraging people to do today is just take a portion of your day and focus outward, right? Every single time that I focused on my personal needs, desires, and wants, it becomes even more challenging. But when you take the time to reach out, to encourage others, maybe it's your children, your grandchildren, maybe it's a colleague, maybe it's somebody else in the same space that you're in, and just call them up and say, what can I do to help you? What connection do you need? What encouragement do you need? Mm-hmm. You'll see the paradigm shift happening within you as an individual. And we've done this numbers of times in all the business that we own. And I can't say that I haven't Always had to have pep talks myself as well. Like we all need this because we're all carnal. We're all human. We all need people to encourage us as well. But the more you can get the focus off yourself, I promise you, the more successful you're going to be without a question and the more significant you're going to be. And then you too can leave a legacy someday that's going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's an important reminder for all of us. Absolutely. So. You got the book, View from the Top, which I highly recommend. I got it right sitting here right under my, right next to my feet, next to a few of the books and uh, uh, incredible read. Talks more about the story that you shared early on. And uh, what are a few other ways that we can just follow you and, and see the trip? Thanks, Nate. You can find me pretty easy on most social media platforms. We do a lot of Facebook lives that really help people and encourage them through the week. If you're interested in getting involved, possibly in a mastermind, uh, we've really got that framework dialed in that we are seeing transformation like never before. You can simply go to viewfromthetop.com and there apply to join us. And also, if you're a podcast host, if you're a consultant, if you're a thought leader, if you're a coach and you want to start a mastermind, reach out to us at themastermindplaybook.com. We've developed a resource that can help you really transform lives and make a very comfortable living in the process. We teach you exactly how to start, grow, and scale Mastermind. Appreciate it. And thank you. We'll get all that linked up too as well for the listeners that are uh, driving or, or, or uh, busy right now and so that you can easily access that. Thank you again, Aaron, so much. And uh, I actually get the opportunity to meet Aaron here face-to-face in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, um, just south of where he lives, I believe, a bit. Uh, so I'm excited about that and uh, appreciate you being here. Thanks a lot, Mike. We'll see you next week. Have a good day. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. 
of marriages never been better than this and we got three kids that's who i do it for i'm gonna be a Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, baby.